Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll, and it is Friday, so you know what happens now. It's the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you. What is happening, man? Listen, people thought I'd never get over my obsession with Phil Collins, but take a look at me now. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> I like Duff's uh, musical punchlines lately. Phil Collins there. I love it. Thanks to Duff. I love the laughs every single Friday. Nobody tells a joke like Duff. Thank goodness for that. We appreciate him for doing it uh, for us every week without fail. Actually, Guns N' Roses have announced a few tour dates. There's one at a festival in Napa Valley. So hopefully more to come. It's good to see bands getting out there again. And it's good to see the Winnipeggers getting out there again, even though it's an online show. Uh, Get your laugh every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on my Facebook page and YouTube channel. And if you missed us live last night for Truth or Farce Part 2, you can catch the show on demand right now. Ribo, Spiwi, and I had a great time as always. And we thank all of you who tuned in last night. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode uh, next Thursday, but go check out the live show right now. Just go to my Facebook page and YouTube channel at 9 p.m. Eastern. we got a lot of guests. Uh, we tell a lot of stories. You have to decide if they're real or farce, truth or bullshit. Uh, we've got guests. We've got models. We've got... Uh, a uh, special guest host. We got rants. We got raves. We got a couple drinky winkies. Uh, if you like laughs, and who doesn't, then the Winnipeggers are for you. All right, today you got some laughs with uh, the debut of the Gun Club here in Talk is Jericho. Austin and Colton Gunn, sons of the legendary Billy Gunn, are both at AW and in a tag team, sometimes with their dad, sometimes on their own. We'll hear their stories about how they got into AW, how each had a different road. Austin's uh, the younger brother, but he's been wrestling longer. He spent some time with the Ring of Honor and on the indie scene before AEW started. Colton came to wrestling later in his life. He's a natural, though. He explains what he was doing before and why he decided to join his dad and brother in AEW. They talk about the role that Big Billy played in their training and development. They also talk about growing up around wrestling and the WWE, where their dad was performing. They're part of D-Generation X, of course, badass Billy Gunn. Austin is also a rapper, and he's a good one, too. He just released a new EP called All Alone. You'll hear how he got started in music and what it took to record and release his brand new EP. Let's go now with Austin and Colton Gunn, the Gun Club, right here on Talk is Jericho. Okay, so um, a few months ago, I had kind of an open call when the pandemic first hit. If anyone wants to do Talk is Jericho, come ask me. And Austin Gunn asked me. Yes, I did. I promptly ignored him for uh, <laughs> five months. Five months or so. But the time has come. And here you are, Austin and Colton, the, the Gun Club. You actually have a name now. Yes, we do. We're established as the Gun Club. We are established as the Gun Club. I'll say this. I don't know if established. Maybe is established right. as a name. The name is established. It's fancy. Yeah. We're established. Okay. I'll take that. All right. But first and foremost, though, I think one of the things that we've been doing when the lockdown started was having kind of our own guys in the crowd at, at the you know, at the ringside. Yeah. And I said at one point, give the freaking guns a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys have been so great at, I mean, I mean, obviously too, especially you, Austin, because you're much more of a, of a character. Yes. Just going over the top, screaming and yelling and all that sort of stuff. Like, you really took it seriously, which you might not notice, but I noticed. Yeah. I was very impressed. Yeah, I think that one night that you actually returned the favor after months and months of doing it, because we started in Atlanta doing that. Right, And I was injured at the time because I got injured in my debut and I had nothing to really look forward to that the kind of wrestler's mentality of like, oh, feeling bad for yourself. But then when we got the opportunity, I was like, dad, do you just want to go out there and just like yell for the boys, yell for the the girls and the, and the guys just performing in the ring? And I was like, we'd be really good at that. We're goofy. We could at least get some FaceTime, me and you. And, um, and that's exactly what we did. And we 
just took it to the max, mm-hmm. 110%. And we wanted to be the loudest ones out there just so fans at home were just like, shut up. Like, shut <laughs> up. Like, but, um, but we needed it, though, because yeah. there was no real reactions. But at least we were getting some kind of emotion from, yeah. from your guys' side, at yeah, least. absolutely. And I know what it's like to be in there when there's zero sound. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to at least just like, just help them out in some regard. And then Colton started coming to the shows and then Colton started wrestling. And then we were out there all three of us together. And it was just so much fun. I mean, you're, you have the, you're, you're at AW, you're watching the best wrestlers in the world and you have a front row seat. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So. But you're with your dad too. Yeah. Like I think how, how cool that must be for you guys. Uh, it's awesome. Just, that's a, that's a crazy experience all in itself. Right. Just being with your dad. And I, like you said, with the crowd, I came a little later so I didn't realize the extent of what he was doing in the <laughs> crowd. So the first night we're standing out, I'm like, dang, you're loud. <laughs> yeah. I've always known you're loud, but yeah, but then it gets you into it and everyone else. And I think it helps the product overall. Yeah, just trying to keep the energy out there and for two straight hours. And then after those two hours, my voice is dead. My head is just numb. Like I, I just have it. It's headache. hard to do. It's very hard. To, I, I heard somebody say like... I was like, oh, we need to go out there right now. Okay, just give me five minutes. And he's like, well, all you have to do is cheer. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, you don't know what it's like. I am screaming at the top of my lungs yeah. like I'm on a roller coaster for two hours trying to do chants and get everybody going and keep people alive. And it's just like one of those things that you don't realize how hard it is until you try it. And then Colton was like, I'm exhausted, dude. Yeah, I was like, you're only five minutes. That was the opening of the show. You got so much Wait, We have more than one match. Yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> That's what Luther was saying. He was on the heel side. And he's like, you remember in the summertime when it was like 100 degrees out there? He's like, dude, it's so hot out oh. here. And I still have to have a match on dark. But I've been cheering the whole time. It's hard to do. Yeah. And you think about that. Because even when I went out there and go watch, even just a couple chants here and there. And it's like, man, this is to be. And also to be on camera. Mm, yeah. You know, you have to be. You have to be you're on setting the, the tone for the crowd. That Absolutely. are watching at home. Absolutely. And it, you have to think about their experience of what they're experiencing at home. It's like they were just watching the, the wrestling, which is which is phenomenal. But then what's the sign, that, the sound that has to go behind that? Like what right. they do in our situation? And just, I guess now it's just natural. It's, it's, and we're just having a blast watching our favorite characters and booing the ones we don't like. <laughs> and it's just, it's just a cool thing to do with your family. At the end of it. I mean, it's yeah. just me, dad, and Colton hanging out out there now. So it's just, you, Was it always the plan for you guys to be a team, to be the gun club? I don't think so. Um, I wanted to kind of do my own thing when I started wrestling. I have three years of experience on top of Colton. So mm-hmm. when I started, and I right out of the gate of college, I was just like, get me in the ring. Yeah. I want to do this. I want to be an entertainer. And I picked it up really quick, but I, but I know what it's like to watch other second generations that have come before me and have the hate of just, oh, you got this free ride, you got this rare opportunity. Yeah, we have a rare opportunity, but it's if you take it seriously. So I was like, you know what, what if I just go do my own thing? So I went to developmental in Baltimore uh, for ROH for six months. And I just fell into a, but I don't think I was mentally strong enough for to be on my own. How old are you? I'm 26 now. Okay. Yeah, so when I first started, I was just not mentally tough to be on my own yet, living in a hotel for six months. So I kind of fell into a weird little depression state. And I called dad one day and I was like, I'm packing my bags. I don't care what the future holds for me, but I'm not okay here. I need to come home. So I, I, I packed up at like three in the morning. I went by the hotel desk and I was like, check me out of room 303. I'm coming home right now. <laughs> he knows the room number. Yeah, so, yeah, it, room. <laughs> so I, room. yeah it, was, it was terrible, but I knew I wasn't on the right track. The, where I was didn't feel like home to me. 
So I, I talked to Cody one-on-one. I didn't want anybody else than me. I was like, if you give me one shot, just give me one debut match, and I'll prove why I need to be here. And after that, it's just the rest is history. And then me and Dad teamed up and just... I knew I wanted to be for like with dad. Dad's not going to wrestle forever. So I, I knew I wanted that experience at least one time mm-hmm. just to be in the ring with him one time. And that's what that debut match was. But fortunately, I got signed here. And now we're just off off to the races. And then Colton. Yeah, but how would you, Colton? Because you, you just came here a couple months ago. Right. So I saw you around for a bit. You're kind of more of a quiet guy. So it's like. Oh, As you can tell, like, Austin. Yeah. You'll get your chance. I'm, I'm yeah. good. I'm, yeah. I, I, I can tell. Is Austin good. <laughs> but it's, it's funny, dude, because, I mean, it's the typical thing. Like, I remember probably saw you guys a couple times when you were just little guys you know, 20 years ago now, believe it or not. But um, at first, can't, don't know which one is which. And then it's like, okay, well, Austin's involved. Is Colton in this too? And now you are, like we said, in the business right. wrestling. Was this always the plan for you so as well? I am. A, so it's weird because I am the older brother, and usually, you know, the younger one follows the older yeah. one. But in this instance, it's backwards, so it's a little weird. But I always had—I don't know if I lacked the confidence or was just like telling myself excuses, a little more scared to get into this realm of wrestling. Yeah, I would always be like. Well, what if I get hurt or what if I'm not entertaining enough? Cause I'm not as loud and outgoing as Austin. Like that's just the way mm-hmm, it is. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it always will be. So, brothers, right? Yeah. yeah. And I understand that. So I would always tell myself, and I think there were more excuses like, <laughs> Oh, I can't do this. I'm going to get hurt. But just something kept telling me. And I moved to LA. Uh, I lived there for about three years and I was building million dollar houses. I was working out with, uh, Michael Hearn and I had like a pretty good life. Um, and just something in the back of my head just kept saying like, oh, me and Austin could do this or me and dad and Austin could do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like doing promos on my way to the job site. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm thinking about this way too much. And it just kept building, kept building. And one day I just, I called Rikishi actually because he has a school out in LA. I didn't tell anybody I was going. I just went by myself. I went out there. I was like, let me just roll around the ring or whatever. And I did that and I called dad after. And I told him, he's like, well, why didn't you tell me? Kind of yeah. at the beginning. But then I explained it. You wanted and, to do it on your own kind of, right? Yeah. Like you did, Austin. Yeah. And I told him not to tell anybody who I was when I was there. But mm-hmm. hard, I, to, hard to tell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that took all of 10 seconds. But, <laughs> yeah. um, so I called dad, told him, I was like, I think I do want to give this a shot. So I flew home for two weeks. I wrestled around with Austin at Flatbacks at, in Orlando. That's Spears, uh, Spears and mm-hmm. uh, Breeze. Uh, yeah, Breeze. I tell Breeze, yeah. Yep. So I did that, and I went back to L.A. I packed all my stuff, quit my job, and I drove back to Orlando and started wrestling school in August of 2020. Which wrestling school was that? This Flatbacks. Flatback. Okay, yes. so you went over there. Yep. August of 2020. Yes. So when was your first match? November. I remember watching it actually with Cody or Tony or something. And it was like, how many matches this guy had? And so I think it's his first one. <laughs> this yeah. was it. This and was it's it. like, yeah. really? Yeah. Like, that's real. Like, it's funny because you guys... You both look like your dad, but you don't look alike. You do, but not really. Right. And you're kind of like the athleticism you both have, but you have a little bit more Colton. And the personality, Austin's definitely got that. You're like the two halves of Billy Gunn. Yeah, we it's talk. A, we call ourselves like the yin and yang. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, just like, just a, yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. combination, but it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is. So, so what, how are you feeling? Because once again... You know, my first match was in a, a, a you know the Pinocchio Moose Hall in front of forty people in <laughs> Northern Canada. But you're on the main stage in AEW. You know, there wasn't people there, but doesn't matter. Still, some of the biggest names in the world are here. Yeah, I can't even like I know the opportunity that I'm afforded, and I don't take that for granted. You know, but it was just 
it was surreal i don't know it was mm-hmm. just it was crazy like i went to wrestling school then i'm on aew with my dad and brother in the ring and it just i can't explain the feeling when i was in that ring for the first time and just like the zone i got into and the feeling mm-hmm. it was just like okay i'm supposed to be here like, this just is like it kind of just like all led up to this moment because we always talked about being the tag team champs when we were wrestling up right. as kids right on our double mattress and just yeah. driving my mom insane because she thought we were going to hurt each other and then it finally was just like whoa we're in the ring right now doing this for real and he's worked so hard at flatbacks and it's just amazing to see him train in the morning then go straight to class then he would come over here just to show face at AEW in jacksonville then drive all the way to orlando the next morning to make it there on time for training so he's been busting his butt but then we were in the ring and the match ended and i look over at dad and he's like tearing up and i was like what are you doing dude <laughs> big baby like but it was it was actually just a cool moment just just to celebrate together finally we were just all where we yeah, needed but i to can be. see that as a father and my son has no interest in wrestling right now and maybe he will at some point but to be in the ring with my son or for you guys to be in the ring with your dad. Like I had my dad in AW. gosh, wait when we first started is kind of like my special guest under the box. Like there's always a, yeah. a bad guy under the giant box. <laughs> yeah. It was actually my dad. Yeah. Hey! But it's just, it was a real cool experience. So for, for you guys to be able to share that with your dad must've been something that's very special mm-hmm. and something Absolutely. you'll never forget. Never forget. Right. Never forget. How many yeah. people can say that? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's one thing that drove me to come back not knowing the future that was ahead of me. It just I, I just knew I wanted to at least have that moment with dad. Right. Maybe it was down the road or maybe it happened right away. But yeah, just thinking about that moment. And then when he got, like, got the idea or the little the little wrestling itch, the it was just like, bug, oh, yeah. wait, we might have something here. <laughs> yeah. This might be a really cool thing. So when you guys... Um because it's funny because there's two separate sides here. Like you said, you trained and then went right to AEW. You had a little bit more experience in going to Ring of Honor for that six months. Mm-hmm. Had you done indies, etc. before I that? did. I did a couple indies um, under dad's protection, kind of. I would go to the shows with him. Yeah. And then I would team up with someone who either who I've trained with in the past or just to, once I got more experience, I could hold my own and kind of go to the local indies by myself and stuff. So I did that for about a year, I think, and had a couple indies under my belt. Um, and then Bubba actually called me and was really interested in me going to the tryout camp in ROH. And he helped me a lot and just uh, kind of just watched me through the whole camp. And I was busting my butt there. And then I finally got signed to the ve- developmental deal there. So I thought I was set. And I was like, you know what? I can finally do this without dad and be away from his protection and kind of hold my own and make my own kind of... Um, I remember that because you, you were here for a bit and then you got that deal to go there. Yeah, and right? then when you, you guys came, yeah, when yeah. you guys came to Baltimore, I would come see Dad ah, and see you guys yeah, and yeah, show yeah, face yeah. and be like, just just checking in and right. wanted to be there and experience, just at least just go to a show and watch it as a fan. Mm-hmm. And then when you, you guys left the next day, I was like, ah, oh, like this uh, this is kind of <laughs> like whatever. And then. And then I was just not happy just at the working end of the day. their RH shows or what is it? What is a development? I was in the RH top prospect mean? tournament. So I, I was doing stuff with them and then I was um, doing training every week and like two times a week. And then I was just like, just, just something in my heart was just like, this isn't it. Yeah, like just follow it. your gut. And I did follow my gut and I came home without, without any promises or anything. And mm-hmm. I just sat at home for about a week. And then I was like, dad called Cody. I just want to talk to him really quick. And, and Cody was awesome and just said, hey, you know what? Why don't we just set you up for a debut show at the anniversary in Daly's Place? So this is actually where I made my debut. Mm. And on the last move, the frog splash, I 
felt my PCL pop. Oh no! And I stood up and I was like, Oh no! Because <laughs> I, I worked I worked so hard to get to that debut match. And who did you like, work with in your debut? Um, it was Ten from a Dark yeah, Order yeah, yeah. and Sean Spears. Oh okay. Yeah, it was a dark you and dark. Your dad. Yeah, it was a dark dark. Oh wow! So it was before the dark. So, <laughs> um, it was the opening match, and and I looked back, and Dad was already through the tunnel, and I was like, I went through the tunnel and just the fans embraced both of us and i was like this is exactly what i pictured in my head mm -hmm. and i was like hopefully i can keep this going and and i was fortunate enough to get the opportunity how many matches have you had now colton 12 12 matches so you're usually working most darks now but just with your brother yes he's so not involved we, as much, right we um We've worked together, just me and him, probably four times, something like that. Yeah, me and my dad you. have worked together once, and then ever, all the rest has been triples with us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, trios. Yeah. I think trios, just as a group, we're trying to find ourselves at the same time and establish ourselves, just move set-wise and characters and what, we're, what, what we do. What does the gun club mm. do, and what are they made of, and who are they? Because um, dad's already established. Dad knows his stuff. <laughs> well, he's also not here to wrestle every week either. I mean, he yeah. comes in and does what we need him to do. But yeah, exactly. the idea is for you guys to kind of move forward, yeah, I would think, right? Yeah. Like and a, we just made our debut at that pay-per-view yeah, pay and the tag team Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that yeah, was cool, Rumble too, room. just going out there with him. And I just rem remember not even remembering the entrance because I was just thinking about him behind me. And I was like thinking about this is a pay-per-view. And I was like, this is, <laughs> yeah. just, this is just nuts. It's all coming together. And it's just... Just wild, just wild to really think were about. Were you guys big fans when you were kids? We weren't, we weren't allowed to watch it really. We, yeah, really, because, because yeah. you know the attitude era was going on. And my dad's on TV telling people, point. To, yeah. "Suck it!" Yeah. 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 So, like, <laughs> my mom, if he had a match, she would kind of let us watch it a little bit, but we weren't sitting there watching the two-hour RAW, and mm. you know, yeah, we it's, were not I allowed. always feel um, now it's like now we're trying to catch up to all the matches that everybody always talks about and, and the angles and stuff, because sometimes we're in conversations with these hardcore wrestling fans, which, which we all are. And sometimes I look over at him. I'm like, what, what match are they talking about? <laughs> like, we don't know because we weren't allowed to be exposed to it that much because um, we were only allowed to watch dad's matches. Then we had to go back home or go back to bed mm -hmm. because we had school in the morning. But I did, so. Like I said, I did see you guys around at some of the shows. At least you actually must We have been used to go state. to the shows a lot, actually. Yeah. He took us on the road yeah, quite a bit, especially a bit. when we were on um, summer break for school. Mm -hmm. I just, we always used to go and, you know, Getting memories and stuff ring. of of, of, of messing around in the ring. Oh, all the time. I remember oh, yeah. Vince. We would get kicked out, out all out of the, the time. Oh, Vince, no, would yeah. Vince, Vince okay. would kick us out all the time. Yeah. All the I time. I actually have a vivid memory of me and actually two, me and Austin in the ring. And they started playing everyone's music. And they all started running to the ring. And like me and Austin are just like cleaning the house. We're like eight years old. <laughs> eight years old giving a great comeback. Showing fire, getting on the top, doing yeah. the suck it or whatever. It's yeah, just, just nuts. Yeah. What's, your, what's your other memories? Did you oh, too? Dustin wrote, yeah. um, actually, you know how like that swing? Giant yes. swing. Yes, yeah. he did that to me when I was young, and I just for some reason still remember it because it sucks so bad. Oh, it's like, terrible. I was so dizzy, and I just like remember. I'm like, that was so mean. Like, <laughs> I, just, I don't know why I cannot. Well, Cesaro. That. Well, I used to work with Cesaro quite a bit. Whenever he would do that, I said, "Dude, you, you got to stop at about six or seven. Yeah. I know you can do forty. Please do for everyone on TV, but at the house show in Poughkeepsie on a Sunday afternoon, I'm seriously going to throw up. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So can we just limit it to six? You know, yeah. I'll tap out in the air if I can. Yeah, Whatever please, do. <laughs> please stop. How about you? You got some memories from when? From I when just things? remember always being afraid of the Undertaker and Kane. I was just so little at that time, and I didn't understand the concept of wrestling. I just knew that we were at Dad's work, and we got to beat up The Rock and Stone Cold, and I was more interested in that and seeing them because they're 
larger than life personalities and so welcoming. And then whenever Undertaker the Kane came around the corner, I would just start crying and hide behind <laughs> my mom. And later in life, they're they're just the nicest people ever. But um, I remember being in the ring. I remember wrestling. I think my first wrestling spot was with AJ Styles. Did a hurricanrana around the body like five times because I was so small. But it was just like remembering those little things are what's Im- WWE? important to me. No, that was when Dad was in TNA. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, later on when I started like really understanding the business, then I was like, AJ, please like take me through this. And it was just. <laughs> We have all those little memories that most people can't say they've had, and it's just those are what we keep close to our heart, no. for real. Did you guys, I mean, I know for me, like, my dad played pro hockey in the NHL for mm-hmm. 10 years, and when I was a kid, I thought, I was just my dad, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when I hit a certain age, I realized just how effing cool it was. Yes. And my son's 17 and a half, and the other day he was just saying, like, man, I never realized how much cool stuff you did. Did you guys, when you were growing up, was it just your dad? Do you realize now how cool it was your dad was part of so many important parts in history but when you were kids was it just oh, my dad's just a plumber or a wrestler or whatever he is <laughs> yeah i think when you're a child it's just normal like yeah. you don't know anything else yeah, he's your dad. so yeah. yeah he's your dad yeah he's on tv and beats people up but that's just <laughs> yeah. what he does you know yeah. and you don't understand until you get older you know the sacrifices that you guys mm-hmm. including you have made for your family you know you're traveling 300 days out of the year right. you're taking taking brutal beatings to your body but it's to make your family have a better life and you don't understand that as much when you're a kid you know you just think oh you're gone 300 days out of the year yeah. but at the same time it's like yeah that's what dad does that's cool it's normal but then you when remember you go, him being gone a long time oh yes. yeah absolutely yeah. i think it's just when you're when you want to look up in the stands and see him at your games at right. least when you're like going through lacrosse or when i was football or him basketball it's just like why isn't dad here oh because he's on the road again like oh it's just yeah. You obviously, we've gone through our highs, we've gone through our lows, and now, now it's where we really just like appreciate this it. Payoff yeah, too, this is now the you're payoff it, right? at the yeah. end, like at the end of the road. This is the grand finale, and like we know he's not going to wrestle forever, but like we can live in the moment now and just appreciate mm-hmm. the whole the whole story is just beautiful and at the end. So, do you guys go back and watch any of his old stuff? Oh, now that's what I was saying. Like now we watch everything. Like. uh we watch old school matches, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. I like I like to watch Mr. Perfect because I love the way he sells. And obviously in our trio, I'm the one that always has to sell because <laughs> I'm the smallest. But uh, I just love and appreciate the little things that dad points out sometimes in older, older footage and older matches. And then we obviously go back and watch him. Yeah, it's not just because you're youngest though. It's also you have more experience. Yes, you know yeah. what I mean. Like Colton selling right now is might not be as good as, as you selling until yeah. he gets a little more of a. And I appreciate the art of it. I th- yeah. I think I like just convincing people that I'm really in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like I really <laughs> I really like it? the art of selling rather than giving a comeback. And I he's, think I've he's... asked him like three times. Like, do you want me to sell tonight? Yeah. Like, no, 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 I got no, no, it. No, I got, no. I got I think it. I got it. I'll, 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 right. take, I'll take it <laughs> for the team again. <laughs> it's weird, too, though, because I know you like it. Okay. I'm just realizing that you've never had a match. Well, now we have people in the crowd. Like, the pay-per-view, there was... Oh, That's my first that was, match in yeah, front of people. Yeah. That's wow. It. Yeah. So how was that dynamic? That was... Uh, that was... I don't even know if I heard... I don't know. Yeah. I, was, I can't even... I don't know. It's it was weird. before going out, I was like, I'm about to debut in front of people on a pay-per-view yeah. for AEW. Like, it was our biggest crowd yet, too. Yeah, and I don't know I mean, It was, four, it was 1,400 people, which 
Two years ago, we'd be like, "That's eh, not, man, eh, whatever." But now it's like, "Oh my gosh, fourteen hundred <laughs> yeah. people!" Yes. And when yeah. Dad's not there, it's kind of forcing me to grow up really, really quick as a ring general when I'm in there with him. Right, right, right. So when we have duos, just just me and him out there, it's like now I catch glimpses of me stepping kind of in my dad's shoes in a, in a sense of like, "All right, relax, relax. Here we go. This is the next thing. Here we go." But I was in the pay per view. I had Peter Avalon in the corner, and I was like, "Colton, move!" <laughs> and I was just tell, I was, just, I just, I appreciate that, just like kind of realizing that, like, just guiding him in a little bit, and because he is my older brother, so it's a weird dynamic, like we said, but it's it's cool to like work on those little things for myself and just be like, "All right, Colton, here, here we go, here we go. All right, move, move here, do this." Yeah, and, and that's very hard for me. I was sometimes. just gonna say, yeah, yeah, it's very hard, hard that he's gonna he <laughs> tell you what to do. Yeah, because like sometimes at class or when we're training, he'll say something. I just want to be like, "Shut up!" Yeah, yeah, he did that the first. Like, he did that I'm the like, first okay, two I weeks, and I went, "Oh, okay, <laughs> you want to do it this way? All right, well, you have to fail. I guess you the, finally get your chance to tell your older brother what to yeah, do. Right? Finally, yeah, finally, after twenty six like, years, I get to go. You know what? How much older are you, Colton? Three and a half years. Okay, so when you guys grew up, then you were like way older, basically, right? Three and a half years. Yeah, and it, I mean it's I'm not way older, but three and a half is a when little. When you're bit in high school, you know, when you're when you're 15, yes. your brother's you know 11 and a half. That might yeah. as well be 100 years at that. But point the crazy in time. thing is, he never left my side. Like I know never. we're insane, like very close. And oh, people okay. think it's crazy when, like, we've only had two real fights in our whole life. Wow, that's it. Like, yeah. and he's always gone everywhere with me and mm. always hung out with my friends and did it. So it's like, we are apart and the school, like 15 and mm. 11 and a half is, but I just don't see that way. Cause he's always just, yeah. Tired. Most older and brothers. And my mom makes me take him everywhere. Yeah. Most older brother. It was at the same time. It was either mom forced, forced him to take me places. But at the same time, older brothers don't usually like their younger brothers hanging out with him and his friends and mm. stuff, but he was really good about it growing up. So. Talk about a little bit more about. I'm, I'm interested about the Ring of Honor thing because so when you were there for six months, were you was this pre-pandemic? This is pre-pandemic, yeah. So how often were you working? Because living in Baltimore, like you said, like that's kind of the base of Ring yeah. Of so Honor I didn't know ways, anybody, anybody going in. So I thought in the back of my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm strong enough. I'll work out by myself. Did you get the chance in the first place, Bubba. Oh, Bubba, okay, Bubba, Bubba called me gotcha. and called my dad and and asked if I was interested in going to the two week tryout. And I was like, absolutely. I bit bit at it right away because I was supposed to go to New Japan um, to their dojo in Japan. I heard about that. Um, but things fell in the wrong places. Um, but I ended up going to Ring of Honor and I was living in a hotel by myself and I didn't have the mental strength to work out every day. And I wasn't on that discipline regimen that I am on now, fortunately. Um, so I just fell into a weird state of mind and I was only going to practice twice a week, but I moved there to practice and to get that extra help and to be that hands-on every single day, but I just wasn't... Who was leading those practices? Um, Mercury was, usually, because he's good friend, he was good friends with my dad, um, and he was leading the classes at the time, and I don't, I don't know. I just... I don't know if it was something in me that wasn't ready to be there or... If it was the developmental program, because they were very new at the time, mm. I don't know what it was. They had developed. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was just I was going there twice a week, and I didn't even want to show up. I didn't want to work out, and that's when I knew. I was like, wait, I don't even want to wrestle today. What's going on yeah, yeah, yeah. mentally or physically like in my head? And then, yeah, my sleep schedule got backed up. So I was like sleeping all day and then waking up right before practice and then 
struggling it through practice. And then I would go home and stay up and watch movies and play video games all day. And I was just like, this isn't it. This right. isn't it yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. This isn't it for Austin Gunn. Like this doesn't feel like home. It doesn't feel like I enjoy doing what I want to love to do. Right. So yeah, I just packed up my bags and headed home. Now, but for you, Colton, you mentioned that you, that you trained with Rikishi a bit. Mm-hmm. What was what was that like? Rikishi's a great guy. Well, I don't know him as a trainer. Yeah, he's he's awesome. I only went one time. Oh, okay. okay, I only went one time just because. I know Rikishi taught my dad a bunch because they used to work as like the smoking guns and right. way back. Yeah. They go, and he taught my dad a bunch and he said he's an excellent trainer, but he was like, if you're going to do this, you are under my supervision. Like I'm going to watch you and, you know, tell you what you have to do. But I did go once and he was very welcoming, very, you know. So most of your training was done at flatbacks. All, yep. I would say all of it, Yeah. But was your dad like watching too? He came every day. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. So what kind of advice has he given you? Um, now that you're in the business for both of you guys, but you can start with you, Colton. Just don't be afraid to try certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say the other one is just make sure you work your ass off. Like there's no, hey, you're doing great. You know, mm-hmm. you're doing, you did so well at practice day. You're doing great. Like there's none of that. None like right, right, right. you need to get better. Here's how you get better. And it's just constant. It's constructive criticism. It's, um, he's it's, intense. I know we worked together on uh tough enough and he was kind of the, the the head trainer and i was the host and sometimes i would call him and say we need this or do that and like yep okay i'll do it nope. it's like yeah sure but like there was no none of that like it's like yeah okay this yeah. guy's gonna do that and this guy's gonna do this like he's kind of real intense when it comes to that sort of very thing. intense you know so, he's an intense guy to begin with yeah, but also very goofy too yeah, depending which, two sides yeah the two sides to billy gunn right as you guys know way better than i do but yeah so yeah he just breeds that um competition and trying to get better and pushing you to be better and but yeah just the hard work aspect that this isn't you know you're not handed this Mm -hmm. you have to keep working we work out from 10 to 12 10 to 1 sometimes every day we go home we eat and then we go train from 5 to 9 and we rest and that's like that's expected is that still now yes i still do that every day except when we're up here you probably have to work even harder both of you but more especially you colton because like you said, you have the gun name and everyone yes. knows he's 12 matches in. Like, you better not be yes. coasting. Yes, right? I have to work. Even if, like, yeah, we just have to work hard, even mm, harder. Absolutely. Like, we I have to. As- We're ex- it's always expected or viewed sometimes as like, oh, they just got a free ride because of this. They're not even good. They just got right. this because of their dad. And it's like, I want to show people that is not the case. Like, and, the way, and the way that I see it, it's like it's not your fault per se that you get this opportunity but what do you do with it because a lot of people would just take it for granted go i got the gig what do i care Mm -hmm. that's not you'll never make it no you know you'll never make it on your own as a person as a professional if you had that if you had that uh, mindset how about you uh um i think just he always told me to just just have fun Mm -hmm. just have fun when whatever you get into whether it's wrestling, whether it was aew takeover on instagram whether it's the crowd (laughs) just have fun and piggybacking off that point is like as a second generation, you're going to have so many more eyes on you and they want you to fail. They want you to just they're waiting for that one opportunity where you fail so they can go, ha ha, told you so you don't deserve this. But 
we work our butt off and that's why I always try to get into whatever I can do and do it the best to our ability. It's like, if I'm in the crowd, I'm going to be the loudest one out there. I'm going to be helping whoever I can to, Hey, Hey, start the chance. If we do the Instagram takeover, which we just recently started doing, we're going to do everything. We're going to do pre interviews. We're going to do like live shots of the show. We're going to do everything. And then behind the scenes, I just don't think people know how hard we work. We're just, well, ever since we got this opportunity, we've just been grinding and grinding and grinding just to make sure that those people don't have anything to say that right. we don't work as hard or hard. It also kind of reflects back on your dad if you do great or if you don't. Yes. yes. And then Absolutely. he's not going to be happy yes. either, right? Yes. You have to, there's a respect level to, to, to make him look good. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's like a, you have to, uh, mom told me this the other day, but it's like you, you're, you're being held accountable or... Colton's relying on you. Your dad's relying on you to make these commitments and show up to workouts and show up to training and, and do the best that you can do. You can't just slack off and say, oh, I'm not going to workouts today because you have them waiting at the gym for you. So like, it's just like people who, notice too, like, like for me, like when I was in WCW, there's a lot of, that's, that's like, that's like, you know, during the day for TV, you don't really do much. And most guys just sit around and, and, and I was like, like, I, I'm not. I wasn't really doing anything on the show, but I wanted to. Like, I got to learn something. So they used to have this big box. It was, it was an interview box, and that's where they would. Me and Gene would be with like you know Sting or Arn Anderson. So I would go just hang out in the back and watch all these guys do these interviews, and then learn. And then one day someone didn't show up. And it's like well, once you get that kid, with him, Jericho. All right. So I'm doing interviews with me and Gene talking about the upcoming show and you know Sheboygan Wisconsin on a Saturday afternoon oh, but, that's awesome. but dude and, that, and then the next time they gave me two and the next time I'm on the schedule now Jericho's got five and I learned how to do this and then other people that were in there like this guy's this guy's pretty good you know we should give him some promo time on the show yeah. right. that's how it all goes right like and the reason why I brought this up is we had the big street hockey the tournament a couple of weeks oh, yeah. ago, <laughs> yeah. and you were on commentary, which I didn't know how big that was going to be. But when you were doing the commentary, this guy's really f good. Like yeah. you could go do commentary if you had to, yeah, or whatever it may be. Who would have known that if you didn't? Like, how did you even take that game? Yeah, you never know. You never know what opportunity is right. going to. Or I was, I knew I was going to be in front of you, and I was like, oh man, I better not mess this up. <laughs> I mean, King <laughs> of didn't. Promos just kill it, but. But we, we practice that all the time just to make each other laugh, whether it's like yeah. trying to make each other laugh doing stupid movie trailer voices. Coming this and, summer. Yeah, coming <laughs> this summer. Chris Jericho in the basement. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But like we try to make people laugh and just do that. We're doing that constantly. And I always was told that I have a good or a, like a good interview voice, like, and here we go, like <laughs> whatever. So it's just like, I'm always, always doing that with my friends back home and to make them laugh and to make the boys laugh. And just, it just, yeah. When I get an opportunity like that, I just want to shine and I want to do it to the best of my ability to make everybody laugh and have a good time. So and we were also talking about when we take over, when we started doing the Let's Instagram like that, two yeah. months yeah. ago, so Instagram takeover is is for a pay per view or something, and for you'll every reach, week, every, every week, week on Dynamite, every you guys are on, on the Instagram Dynamite. story. The we story. just do some stories, fifteen yeah. seconds. We just interview. I think we got you on we the did. first one we did. Yeah. Um, you said you didn't know my name, but it's okay. <laughs> I got it now. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, I didn't then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we do these fifteen second little goofy interviews, and then Austin keeps the phone ringside and gets the. Well, who action asked you shows. to do that in the first place? We actually saw Private Party do it a long time right. ago. Right, I remember. And that. We we were like, we could do that. Mm -hmm. So we asked Jeff Jones, and we we're like, hey, do you care so if we do great. this? Well, it'd be and great exposure. 
Yeah. yeah. Once again, it's the modern version of hanging out in the, in exactly. the box. Exactly. That's what yeah. I was about to say. We do these interviews and we get all this, like we're doing promos. So then when we right. actually get called upon to do a promo, like we've been in, we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> People could see it too, though, because like we did the thing that we did. That was pretty funny. Good job type thing. So it builds up the, like I said, like you, it's, you mentioned one of the books I did earlier. You never know who's watching. It was one of my principles. And yes. even with you guys in the crowd making the, 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 I was like, these guys are great. Like they're, the secret to longevity, Billy Gunn knows this more than anybody, is always take what you're given and make it great. Sometimes you're in the main event. Sometimes you're doing an Instagram story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you're in the crowd cheering. But it all adds up. We can count on these guys. Whatever we need them to do, yes. they can do it. And that's a good place to be in. Yeah. I think it's just show them that you can do a lot of things other than just wrestle. Right. Yeah. So we, we're good at a lot of things. I mean, when it comes to music or when it comes to just being goofy on Instagram stories or whatever it is, it's just, how can we just make this fun for the viewer? What are and, some of your favorite Instagram stories that you've done on the takeovers? Ooh, I think the funniest one is Will Hobbs is so Will funny. It's just, I, I have the camera shot um, on him and he's like, ah, whatever that Will Hobbs character. And then Will Hobbs is always in a random place far in the background. And I pan over and zoom in on his face and he's doing his little snarl. Um, yeah, I can see this face. Yeah. Or like, it's like behind like a crate. Yeah. There's a crate and you can only see his head. So it's like, yeah. Or like Fuego, the tornado weather report. It's a DDT. It's just the the captain one. Captain one hit him with the deal. It's like, uh, he's always just talking at the, like a random wall and he's like, hit him with the deal. And we're like, captain, what are you talking about? What is the deal? And he goes, if you don't know the deal, you'll never know the deal. And just walks off camera. And so like, we try to just be creative and, and, yeah, and last, stupid. The last week we did, everyone just blows off the gun club. Like we would yes. go up to my, hey, can we get an interview, get an interview? And they would either like, no, man, what? Did, get away right. from here. Yeah, we man. just came up with little creative ways for them to get out of it. But we had like 15 people just blow us off. But once again, get- though, that, that gives you guys, A, something to do during the day. And mm-hmm. B, listen, 10,000 people watch a story. 20,000 people, 40,000 people. It all adds up, yeah, man. Absolutely. No, it really does. Absolutely. You mentioned music, and uh, you had uh, your, your 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 EP came out. Mm-hmm. I have to get it right. The name of it is. I took a picture of it, so I wouldn't forget. Of course, I'm completely forgetting it. <laughs> it's okay. all alone, all alone. Yeah, with the safe love and safe love. Safe love. Safe love is my roommate that I lived with. Um, I met him in college, and I was just at a party freestyling because that's just what I do. I've done it for therapy. I've done it at parties. Just just it keep, it's just fun for me. It's always been fun and something I've been good at. And I was just trying to like make the boys laugh one time i was just rapping in the and freestyling in the corner and he came up and was like hey what are you doing and i was like i'm just freestyling so he called me the day after and usually something like music is something i did on my own it was like very personal to me and he's like hey do you want to meet up in freestyle i was like cool so he was really bad at first, but I just love when people at least so try what, what, something. Meet up in freestyle. This means you just that you put on you a beat play and, beats on YouTube for hours, <laughs> and you just try to find find a spark. And if you if you catch an idea, you run with it, you write it, you write the song, and then you move on to the next. The and next you're just one. making it up for stream of consciousness, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. just random random stuff, and it's just stimulating, and it's just it was therapy at the time. Now it became something that I could do with him and be creative and. And we always talked about coming out with just an album that we could just say, like, that's ours. That's our sound. That's our stuff. That's our accomplishment. And we finally got it out. But it started with the freestyles that I released on Twitter and Instagram. 
and it caught fire. Like it just, I was so overwhelmed with how well people received. People were just reacting to it. Yeah. And I did it out of, okay, I do music and I'm Billy Gunn's son, right? But I want to show them what I also am good at. I'm not just Billy Gunn's son. I don't want to be labeled as that. And I was like, I, I've been doing music since sixth grade. It was my first love. And I wrote those freestyles in 2016 and then 2017. Didn't change a single lyric. I just changed the beat to it to make it more modern. So I released those on Twitter and they're getting 950,000 impressions. And I'm like, wait, I might have something here (laughs) to do on the side just Mm -hmm. to show them that I'm not just a wrestler and that I can just add to my resume. And it just caught fire. And then I was like, oh, wait until they hear the album because these aren't freestyles. These are actually songs like choruses and, and everything. And I just... It took us nine months to finally take everything and put it together and finally just have something to call ours. And then I'll eventually come out with my own like my own solo album, which is more like wrestling related and telling my story and then my side of things, the ups and downs of my life. But just having that on all the musical platforms. No, great. Is I was great. listening to it. the first song is Need More. Need more, yeah. And it's it means it's good. Like it's really good stuff. Thank they, you. they always say like, no, it's really good. No, yeah, of course yeah, it's yeah, good yeah. or I wouldn't fucking yeah, put it out. Yeah, He's actually. winking at me right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's really good. I, I know. Like, once again, talk about having to work twice as hard to get respect if you're yeah. a wrestler and you have the audacity to be a musician too. Yes. And if you happen to be good, well that's even worse. Yeah. So you you're always gonna get that, but who gives a shit, right? Just just do do yeah. your best with it and just put it do out it there. For me. And like yeah. you said, if people are gonna get into it, if it's good, they will. Yeah. Good music is good music. Yes, you know? I think so. How did you record it? Um I went to the studio. So actually the 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 studio I have right next to my house is Stephanie's the engineer and Stephanie worked with me on every single song and safe love introduced me to her and safe love has always come out he comes out with a lot of music a lot of singles and i was like let's do something together and she actually works with tyler yahweh who is post malone's mm. like uh one of post malone's artists that he brings on tour okay so i was like this is the real deal like i'm surrounded by powerful people but i was like how do i get this out like out in the open so like as of, i've seen you like come out with fozzy and stuff like that and i was like you know what i'm just gonna send this to chris just mm. to see what he thinks about it or as, as a fellow musician you're not looking for validation. You just want to share it. No, but the thing is, and, and like I said, that's one thing that I appreciate about it is, is it's really pro produced. Sounds great. Yes. Like it sounds like, you know, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to music. It, it sounds like, like listening to hip hop radio. It oh, fit right thank in you. with all of that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause you always, you always see wrestlers sometimes try to make that conversion to music. And sometimes it's a hit or miss, but I've, this was the first thing I fell in love with before wrestling. So I take it very seriously and I just wanted it to be professionally done. I want it to look clean. I wanted to, so we paid a lot of money to get all this done. And as a musician, you know mm-hmm. how much money the little things cost mm-hmm. just getting pictures or going to a, a site and then getting it engineered or just mixed and mastered and, mastered, and all right. the things just came together. And it's, it's cool to see the reaction of everybody over there. And like everybody, when I come to the building going, Hey, I listened to your album. I was like, that's, that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't I don't need it to hit top billboards 100. I just I just wanted it for me. I just wanted it to come out and just be like, you know what? I did that. Right. How did you, how do you get up on the different platforms? Um so we go through this DistroKid is okay. like an, a website. So we're doing it not we don't have a music manager. I don't have anything like that, but Safe Love helped me with all that stuff and he walked me through the process and I'm still in the process. I don't think my iTunes has like a profile picture yet, but you can still find the album. But um, he's just helping me still get all that stuff because I'm very new to music and actually releasing it. 
but I'm not new to music and creating it. Mm-hmm. So I can create it and help it because I've helped him with a lot of his stuff. Um, but he helped me walk through the process of like setting up my Spotify and setting up my Apple Music and all the other things that go into it. And there's so much that goes into it, but I'm still learning as I go. Same thing as wrestling. It's just like one step at a time yeah. and I'll get there. You got an album coming out too, Colton? <laughs> yeah, it's actually a country album. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're more of a country It's guy. called yeah. Guns a Blazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a couple banjo mixes in yeah, there. There we go. So the art of freestyle, like th- how do you... Do you, does everything have to rhyme? Do you just look at pr- people places like Cena was really good at doing that? Yeah, I don't think so. I think um, it's just me and my friend when we were in sixth grade, he put on Fifty Cent on the radio and was like, "Hey, do you want to try this?" And then I tried it and I was like, "Oh, that was fun." And then on the ride home, I played beats and then I was like, "Whoa!" It's like I really like this. And I, I didn't have therapy at that time and I didn't. I was going through like down stuff with like wrestling, like dad being dad gotcha. being off the right, road. Right, so like right. it's just. You're dealing with so much stuff, and I think the best music comes from artists that have been through it or have been through struggles or anything like that. But it's just freestyling has always been something. Is if I'm in, if I'm on and in the mood, I can just go for hours right. and just not stop. Not like, hey, do a freestyle right now. Yeah, exactly. You have so, to be ready yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, right? it's just yeah. I got to be in the I got to be in the environment and whatever. Yeah. But I could obviously like. It just wouldn't be good if I just jumped into it. But <laughs> but if I'm in the moment, I can just go and go and go. Yeah, if I'm yeah, in yeah. the music mindset, and it's just so you couldn't jump in on something right now. I mean, I can just revert everything that what. Uh, <laughs> I knew you, you knew that was coming. Like, you, you he he saw it from a mile time. away. Yeah, it's like slowly. All right, I'll get. I'll get. I'll do the one. All right. I never rap from a flight, don't know. I can make a living off this shit in GoPro. This my promo. Ring needed Frodo, Chewy needed Solo. I got a hunch it's gonna happen, go Quasimodo. Take a photo while I got these cameras in our faces. Dreamed about this moment since the day I tied laces. Mouth full of braces, getting back to basics. Vision getting better, but I never needed lace it. No handshaking. You made a point, okay, point taken. Now you the one to point, but I feel amazing. Nowadays, if I could shake your hand, I'd probably break it. Nowadays, I know why Kobe never left the Lakers. But who, like, I could just <laughs> That's keep good, it. man. Yeah, but it's yeah, just you like, didn't make that up on the spot, obviously. No, 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 no. <laughs> I see no that was right off the top of his head. That was good. <laughs> I see a feud with, uh, with, uh, uh, uh Caster, huh? Caster. That's what go. everybody wants, but I, I just, I always wanted to keep music and wrestling separate it's for the best now. Way to do it yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to dive way. into the be yeah. that whole character because that was pretty good, just, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Just uh, as we start to wind down here, what did you guys ever have any, uh, especially you, Austin? Any thoughts about trying out with WWE? Did you ever have any of that? So obviously, the relationship with WWE, and my dad, has been like rocky. I guess up, over and, the down, year. up and down, <laughs> up and down, up and down, and. Yeah, because he, he left for a while, is, then yeah, he came the, back, and then he was, and then go there, he was back, and go there at something. I think, yeah. I think the only thing he told me, I was like, what do you think about, because obviously this came up, and I was like, what do you think about the Performance Center? And he goes, he goes, you know what, I don't want you to lose your love for wrestling that you have right now by going there, and then them having you turn into that, that Performance Center kind of follow directions, you need to be this, instead of me being just free spoken and and just express myself naturally so it was a discussion that we had but we tried everything to not go there i think the discussion was if i remember it correctly because it it was more of like you can go there but you need to go do your own thing for like two to three years and find out who you are and Right. Try to develop a character yourself or feel out the landscape before you just go straight yeah. to the performance Find yourself center first, and yeah. they tell you what to mm-hmm. be as opposed to 
you know kind of what you are when you go in there. And yeah. you have a little more confidence. And you can, I told Harry Smith that years ago, like, like it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Like, WWE's not going anywhere. You can go tomorrow yeah, or you can absolutely. go three years from now. What's the difference? Because in that three years, you'll get not just the in-ring experience, mm-hmm. life experience, like you said, seeing things differently. But, I mean, that's one thing that's great about AEW is that we really have kind of brought it back to wrestling is about you and about a character that you create, yeah. not that someone tells you what to create. And that's fine if you're mm-hmm. there, but... It, to me, as a young guy, it would, it would be way better to be here. Yeah, and I don't think we would get the opportunities to take over the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I don't think we'd have the opportunities to be in the crowd and be as obnoxious yeah. as we are. I don't think we'd get as much creative freedom as we have here because it's just we just have to go ask somebody to take over the Instagram, and now we do it every week. So it's just it's very yeah. easily acceptable for the things that we want to try, or at least. If we fail, we fail. But at least we get to try new things here. Yeah, so and you'd just, be, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even acknowledge the fact that Billy Gunn's your dad. If you yeah, were yeah, <laughs> like Austin and Colton, you know, drink water. <laughs> yes, exactly. with the drink water twins. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, and it's funny too because you know when you see, I think the last time wasn't Billy on WWE TV and, and Hunter made some kind of a crack about AEW? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was the Hall, Hall of, Fame. of Fame. We were there. We were front row. Really? Yeah. So, so tell me, what was that all about? Was that the DX getting to the Hall of yes, Fame? Yes, that was I'm DX I'm surprised getting... they let him show up. I, we were too. We were yeah. like, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're yeah. here. Okay. Well, I think the dig was DX was doing this whole thing like Vince doesn't like it when you say his name right. at, in the speeches and he forbids it, but he let DX do it or whatever. So... Sean and Hunter are going, we can't say Vince's name. He'll fire us. Yeah. And my dad grabbed the mic and was like, we can't fire me. <laughs> I don't work here. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. And then, and then I think it was. That piss ant like, little company. Yeah. Or we'll say, yeah. yeah. And then the rebuttal. <laughs> what do you guys think when you're in the front row? Like you're thinking, Eesh, our chance of coming well, here. Well, we've grown right? up around the business. So we yeah. know what. It, it, we're not looking through it through naked eyes and going, hey, what did you say about my dad? <laughs> like, no, we're not. We're like, coming to get him. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We bum rush the ring. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> it's not a piss ant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these two kids? What is going on? Um, yeah. But we understood. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what are you going to do? Do you guys have uh, any favorite Billy Gunn moments that, uh, that that stand out for you? I think King of the Ring I've watched 5,000 times. Did he win? Because that's the, the only thing. Yeah, 1999 King of the Ring. I think that's the only one that I remember as a kid. So that's why I think it sticks with me mm-hmm. so long. Um, who, did he, who did he beat in the final? I think it was, it was Kane. And then it was X Pac at the la- on the last match, right? I don't know I who he did first. Sh- I think it might have been Sham- Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock then Kane, then X-Pac. And he came off the top with the Famouser and won. And I think that's the only thing I remember really vividly of him winning. Yeah, but that was just sweet. And then obviously him facing The Rock, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, It's pretty funny. My first, everyone remembers my debut against The Rock, the big promo in Chicago. Yes. Yeah, I watched, we watched what that. What they don't forget is at the end of the night, I think I did a run-in and helped Billy Gunn beat The Rock. Or something, because that's when Billy was feuding with The Rock. Yes, yeah. And uh, that's when he was Mr. Ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Ass. And something happened where he went for a massage or something, and Rock paid the masseuse to put, like... Oh, yeah, the, 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 <laughs> the itchy, poison, itchy yeah, leaves, poison, poison ivy, ivy leaves on his ass. <laughs> what a ridiculous... What a storyline. That was. <laughs> I know, like, unbelievable. <laughs> what the... You think about that, someone actually pitched it and went, okay. You know what? That's we, gold. You know this what? We got something great. here, Johnny. <laughs> Let's run with it. <laughs> talking poison ivy on his ass. Is there something that stands out for you, Colton? The memories from your dad? I was watching a YouTube. This isn't necessarily like a. I, I don't know. I was watching a YouTube clip. It was 
New Age Outlaws against Rock and Stone Cold main event on Raw. Mm. And the thing I just remember is how crazy the crowd yes. was. Mm. It's just when mm-hmm. they hit their entrance and they started doing Road Dogs, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, and the whole crowd, there's a 75-year-old woman mm. in the front <laughs> row just like, oh, the word, like just going crazy. It's like the Nuts. whole stadium is just, he doesn't even have to say anything and they'll just continue. Yes. And it was just, that really stuck out like, oh my God, mm. like this is crazy. Crowds are, have been kind of... Uh, uh, spoiled over the last 15, 20 years. They've seen so much, but you watch some of that old stuff. People are just going bananas for oh, Steve Austin. When he won somebody when in the corner. Helped, What's that? When Stone Cold helped mankind. Oh, win oh yeah. my God. Yeah. It's like, what it's is It's like that? your iPhone shakes when you pull it yeah, up on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. I was just watching the other day when I beat Hunter. It was my first big, I beat him for the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's State College, Pennsylvania. And just see the crowd reaction. Like the, Everyone stands up. Like, yeah. Just like, this big explosion it would be very hard for that to happen in this day and yes. age even when people come back it's just not the same as it was and that was only 20 odd years ago right yeah it's crazy I think you with know. phones just iPhones like they're they're able to go like this and like tweet about the match they're watching yeah. instead of just being fully invested and that's a good point yeah, yeah. 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 you see that at concerts invested. too when you know we play live a lot of people will be filming on their phones and yeah. it's like god they they're like i can't wait to get this yeah. up on instagram yeah, right now to tell them and then they're and missing the moment just watch yeah. the moment exactly yeah. you know yeah. um last few things so what do you guys what are your plans now that we're starting you guys are working together more regularly mm-hmm. you've been now on a pay-per-view you've been on Di- you were on dynamite for sure yes what main event with cody and my dad uh, and what was the reason for that who, was, who, were you, who were you working against? We were working against Dark Order. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, oh, because you're part of the Nightmare family now. Yeah. 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 So I tied and helped Cody take on the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. And that was just a surreal moment because it was main event. Because right. I came to the building and I was like, I was like, wait, when are we on? I was like, this is my debut in front of people, in front of live TV. I was like, this is going to be wild. I think you even got the win that night, didn't you? I did. I, I got, I the, pin. You the, got the pin the on you. Yeah. yeah, I was I was during the break. Everything coming back from the break. So it really, yeah, like I just have to grow up really fast in those yeah. situations. You have like, to, though. You have to. Yep. You sink or swim. That's and right. um, that's that's kind of what I've been doing the whole time I was here. <laughs> yeah, I've been here. <laughs> What was so the we, question again? Just, just, just planning. What, what do you guys want to want oh. us to do more of? You guys looking forward to having people back, getting more chemistry oh. together, working together more? Because yeah. it's different here. We work once a week. It's not like it mm-hmm. used to be where you work four times a week. So yeah. for you, for example, Cole, there's not a lot of practice time for you. Mm. No, I'm just you know excited by like what you said. Just keep working. Keep trying to get better. Keep trying to figure out what this totally is with me and him and how we can best work off of each other. And then hopefully you know, get comfortable enough and get on dynamite more regularly and become, you know, those that hot tag team yeah. and become tag champs. I mean, I think that's, I speak for both of us when I say that. Yeah, and that's something absolutely. that you should want if you are a tag team. Absolutely. So, if you didn't want that, you should leave right now. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's kind of the short term goals mm-hmm. of what we want, but just keep getting better and show people that we are willing to do whatever and mm-hmm. work hard. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at. You think Austin? I would agree. I would agree. I just want to keep having fun and living in this moment of, of getting to wrestle with him while he's getting started, and then having that that chance to for both of us to wrestle with Dad and have that moment. And then obviously, when that finally comes to an end, it's just now. Now it's time for us to take the titles. Like now, it's time for us to really show people like what we're made of. Mm-hmm. But I think right now we're just so li- we're just living in the moment of having this rare opportunity to wrestle with Dad. And just have fun on AEW Dark and just do all this, just have this creativity of going out there and making making each other laugh, but also crisp, like making sure everything's crisp, learning, 
and just just all of that right now and then yeah i was telling the time's right the other day i think we were driving up here or something i was just like I don't think I've had really time to pinch myself yet. Yeah. Like, I was just seven months ago starting. So fast. It's happening so fast. And like, I'm here and I'm wrestling every week on dark and just, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. It's been a roller coaster ride that I definitely don't take for granted. But yeah. Last question for you guys. And It's probably easier for you to choose since you've had 12 matches. What's your favorite match that you've ever had? I've got to go either with the first one that we all had just because it was such a surreal Who's that against? It was just against the, the Sean Maluto. Okay, yeah. So it was against the local guys. Yeah. Yep. And then um, the other match that I think was really special was you know I've only had twelve, so I can I can say special <laughs> matches. But, no, but to you, um, twelve. Yeah. Yeah. I think when me and Austin faced Devon Sons. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Because it was just it was match. me and Austin's first match together. It was against more second generation stars, yeah. and it was just. In our head, we're just like, oh, this, this is, is crazy. the main event of whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. We were just in the zone, and it was just like, this is a special moment. Yeah, so I would say those two are definitely. How about you, Austin? I think my first, I think most the most important match to me and biggest sink or swim moment was all in the pay-per-view. I got the okay to do it literally, I think, 12 hours before the show. And I, do, I was just there to support dad because we had an indie match prior to that mm-hmm. at like a local bar or something. Where was like, this? In Chicago? or Yes, in Chicago. And I think when I was in the other room, dad texted Cody and was like, hey, what are your thoughts? And it was my fifth match ever. And I didn't have any inclination that I was doing this thing. I was, was just... The Battle Royal? or It was the Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. And I was just in my room and dad goes you ready for tomorrow and i go yeah i'm ready to support you and go i can't wait to watch the show and he goes no you're in it and i went what and he goes yeah you're in it and my fifth match ever i I just remember walking out of the tunnel and i was like either sink or swim this is your moment to show everybody that what like you're given this rare opportunity to be in this battle royal and making history right now do the best you can and just turn it on and i think i did and just from there it was just just eyes were on me now and then it was just kind of the first thing that i was just like okay this is what i'm meant to do yeah. this is just an awesome moment i just remember looking over the crowd and i was just like what is going <laughs> on because i was selling in the corner and i was just like all right take a breath and just look and just because you're not going to remember anything and i looked over and john mayer was front row <laughs> <laughs> i remember that and i and i looked over and i went john what's up dude and he goes dude you better win this thing and i went i'll do it for you and got up and i got just hammered by moose but i mean like it was just, it's funny i have his number or what do I, is it his number or whether it's a dm on instagram or something yeah. i was like you were there? Why Crazy. didn't you tell me? Because oh, I didn't want to bother you. Like, Front dude, you're row. bothering Front me. Row. He's <laughs> actually say hi. Yeah, John. I was, yeah, I was like shaking, shaking, and I was go- walking around the ring. And actually, John Mayer, when I saw him, all my nerves went, uh-huh. and just kind of, I just zoned in. I was like, dude, John Mayer's watching me. <laughs> That's right. I was like, this is cool. Yeah. I was like, this is cool. Then I turned around and started having fun. And then I was like, all right, now I'm in it. <laughs> but I think that's the craziest match that I've ever been a part of, and just plenty just, more to come for both you guys, man. Yes. Are you guys uh, going to be in the crowd tonight? Of course. All right. Well, I'm a good guy now, so now you have to cheer for me. I will. Well, I'll <laughs> sing your song just like I do every yeah, day. <laughs> you're still singing. Top your song, of my so, love. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you.